Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to take on what apparently is a very controversial subject, and that is the advertising of games that are at least tangentially related to the promotion, quote unquote, of illegal activities or activities that are illegal in part, depending on the jurisdiction in which you find yourself. Uh, and that game that has brought this kind of controversy to the fore is a game that released today on Steam called Weedcraft, which is a cartoon stylized tycoon style game in which you manage a small marijuana production facility into a larger marijuana production facility and you deal with customers demands and needs and making sure your product lines are working properly and things of that nature, very much like any number of other tycoon games. Uh, if you followed my 2018 best of the year video game announcements, uh, you'll find one of the games that I really, really adored last year was a game called Two Point Hospital, uh, which is another game which takes on a comedic management style approach to an otherwise kind of dry management simulator. And that one is uh, involves a hospital, as you might guess from the title. And it involves also sorts of humorous kind of drugs and pharmaceuticals that you hand out and different things that you can do to make your hospital run better. Uh, but I bring that up because as far as I know, Two Point Hospital didn't wind up running into any of the problems that Weedcraft is running into as of today and that have appeared in a number of articles, uh, one of which I want to uh, read for you in part to talk about what the controversy is. And then I also want to dive into the terms and conditions of both Facebook and YouTube and also a little bit of Twitch, which hasn't come up just yet, to really talk about what they're claiming, what's happening here and why that's a potential problem for any number of video games outside of Weedcraft if taken to the logical conclusion in which these companies appear to be applying their own rules. Uh, so let's take a look at the article. Let's take a look at the situation to start out with. Uh, this is an article from VentureBeat, in particular from GamesBeat and Jeff Grubb, that is called YouTube's Rules Don't Justify Demonetizing Weedcraft Inc. Videos. So that's an opinion. That's an editorial stance right off the bat from VentureBeat and GamesBeat, and I think they're right at the end of the day, but it's an interesting approach to take to really put their opinion right out there on this article. So this article starts out by saying, YouTube is demonetizing videos that focus on the recently released management simulator, Weedcraft Inc. It has you building a business where you grow, breed, and sell marijuana. Developer Vile Monarch and publisher Devolver Digital released it today on Steam for $20. But Weedcraft is running into an issue on YouTube. Content creators and influencers are seeing Google classify Weedcraft-related videos as not suitable for advertisers. This is also known as demonetization, and it means these videos won't generate ad revenue. When YouTube does this, it, de it disincentivizes creators from covering certain topics or products, and that is likely going to happen to Weedcraft, which could hurt its sales. 
Yes, as a YouTube content creator, I can tell you that's exactly what winds up happening. I have a number of videos that YouTube has deemed uh, not, a, not suitable for advertising. Uh, and if you follow virtual legality, you know this channel doesn't regularly swear uh, or anything like that. It doesn't do anything that promotes violence, promotes illegality, certainly uh, on a video about legality. Uh, but there are instances where YouTube has said, though, that's a little bit too close to a hot button or other kind of controversies that we don't want to monetize it. In particular, the videos that are demonetized right now on my channel are kind of interesting. Uh, one is my postmortem review of Captain Marvel, uh, which I presume was demonetized as a kind of blanket demonetization for some of the more harassing uh, or issue-driven videos that covered that movie or covered Brie Larson's comments. So that, that it was interesting to me when it happened. Uh, and then the other one that was demonetized uh, is the video on the indictments in Operation Varsity Blues of those parents uh, that bribed and otherwise are currently being indicted for RICO and fraud violations in respect of uh, that kind of scandal. And I've never gotten a good uh, explanation as to why that particular video was demonetized, but it again seems to be close to a controversial issue or, or something that YouTube doesn't want to have videos up on or their advertisers haven't expressed a desire that they don't want to advertise next to. Uh, and yes, when you look at the videos and you don't see the dollar sign there, you go and you say, okay, you can get organic growth. You can get people to come to the channel through those videos, but you're not actually going to get direct advertising revenue. You're not going to get YouTube premium points uh, attributed to your account. And that matters a whole heck of a lot for people that are making a living out of YouTube creation. So although I was cheeky in making this video and, and, and in, in its name, I'm probably not going to get any money directly for this, for making this video. Uh, and that's okay with me. That's not why I do these. Uh, but it's certainly going to put downward pressure on the ability of people that regularly make YouTube videos or make videos on other sites like Twitch uh, or like Facebook or other streaming sites. That's going to make it less likely that they do that for this game. Uh, and certainly that's something to keep in mind. That's something to take note of as VentureBeat and GamesBeat has done here uh, because it does serve to depress sales to, and to depress future production of games in these lines. Uh, it's not the 20th century anymore. And we're seeing, especially when we consider games like Apex Legends and others that are so influencer driven, Fortnite, for example, that this market, this new 21st century advertising and marketing milieu really is focused on this kind of organic video creation, organic news creation. And when you have these major tech companies essentially all agree to shut certain topics out, that does create a problem, certainly from an artistic standpoint, but just in general for growth of an industry. And we're going to talk about their terms and conditions. And as a corporate lawyer and as a, the author of these virtual legality episodes and podcasts, I'm going to generally tell you that private companies have the right to use the terms and conditions as they see fit, but we have the right as commenters on lovers of the industry, on people that love video games, to say this isn't an appropriate way to use your terms and conditions, that this needs to be reevaluated and discussed in a different fashion. Uh, so going on with the article, uh, Jeff Grubb at VentureBeat says, I reached out to YouTube to ask about demonetizing Weedcraft videos. A spokesman explained that this falls under its drugs and dangerous products or substances policy. That rule states that videos aren't advertiser friendly if they feature the sale, use, or abuse of illegal drugs. Feature actually isn't the word that YouTube winds up using, so we're going to take a look at those terms and conditions because what they actually talk about is promotion, and that's a little bit different. And it has major ramifications if it's applied to other video games or other pop culture media in general. 
The article goes on to say, YouTube's spokesperson confirmed that YouTube will remove ads from any video it finds that violates that policy. On Twitter, Devolver's public relations representative Stephanie Tinsley emphasized that Weedcraft is about the legal marijuana business. So Weedcraft, a game about building a corporate business around legal marijuana, features no illegal drug use or violence, but has just been banned from Facebook and YouTube vids, are being demonetized. But you can post ads for whatever shooty shooter man murder simulator with no problem. That's a that's a tweet from Stephanie Tinsley. Uh, and I think it br- brings up a good point. As we just talked about the imposition of these terms and conditions that these private companies have the right to impose does have potential ramifications for how they're choosing to impose it on this video game. Now, they can be arbitrary. They can be capricious. They can be these things. But the more they do that, the less likely others are going to want to use their products and services. And eventually you get to a point where you've reached a critical mass, where you've offended enough people that everybody knows that you're not treating everybody equally. And that becomes its own problem. So I think it's okay to raise this even under the legal and corporate auspices of the fact that they have the right to do this from kind of a broad umbrella perspective. The article goes on to talk about the legality or lack of legality of marijuana use in various U.S. states. But I don't think that legality is necessarily what Weedcraft should be hanging its hat on. There's a lot of things that are illegal that are perfectly allowed to have YouTube videos about them. Anything that you can think of, as Stephanie Tinsley says, that's a shooty shooter man murder simulator is allowed to be on YouTube. You can have videos about Sekiro uh, in which you're jumping off a roof with a giant samurai sword and impaling someone through the head with it. And that's okay. Uh, Not the least of which because it's very difficult to jump off a roof with a samurai sword and actually have that level of agility. So I don't think YouTube is as worried about it. But it's a very good point to bring up because it's obviously an illegal act. You can't murder a person. And virtually every video game that is a AAA video game features some kind of murder. Even Fortnite, as cartoony as it is, is really about killing other people even if it's with kind of neon-looking Nerf gun-type shooters. They explode into loot and they die. Uh, This article goes on to talk about the fact that they believe that YouTube's drug policy is irrelevant. YouTube's stance on illegal drugs makes sense from a broad perspective. Advertisers don't want to spend money to put their products in front of people live-streaming the sale of cocaine cut with rat poison in the back of an old radio shack. But YouTube has countless videos featuring illegal drugs that no advertiser is going to take issue with. And YouTube does make an exception for that type of content stating that videos discussing drugs or dangerous substances for educational, documentary, and artistic purposes are generally suitable for advertising so long as drug use or substance abuse is not graphic or glorified. And we're going to get into that a little bit more as well because there is obviously a question of if you're making a video game, if you're talking about the marijuana industry, I don't know the content of this particular video game because I haven't bought it, I haven't played it yet, but it's certainly conceivable that there could be satire, there could be political commentary about the currently Byzantine regulatory enforcement mechanisms that weed growers have to follow in all these different states that are putting together all these different bureaus and all these different regulations all at once, that it makes it almost impossible to comply with them all at the same time, while also sitting under an umbrella of illegality that comes from it being a Schedule One drug on the federal level. So I think you can have a comment about how this is no way to run a railroad, this is no way to live your life, and you can actually have a video game have that message. I don't know whether Weedcraft does convey that message or not, but it's certainly possible, and it seems like if it did, it wouldn't be allowed on its face. YouTube and Facebook and Twitch aren't going through and making sure that Weedcraft doesn't have political content, doesn't have a message to say about the marijuana industry. They're just cutting it off out of hand. Uh, And that's a problem. That's a problem because... The video game industry, especially with 
in respect of these tech companies doesn't have a Motion Picture Association of America to submit files to to get approved. It doesn't have something that can say, hey, take a look at this. This is a message. This is educational or this is artistic and you should approve it. In my opinion, the kind of default position for a video game, for a movie, for a book that is about a subject matter should be the assumption that it is artistic in nature, that the opposite delineation, the opposite ruling, that it isn't artistic, should have to be proven by the tech companies. That would be the easier way to handle these kinds of things, that Weedcraft can go up there and say, hey, we're a normal game. We have all this uh, kind of uh, utility. We have all this usefulness. It's a management simulation. People will actually like it as a game outside of what its content presents. This isn't some kind of drug porn type video game that we're trying to present to the people. And if YouTube found somebody that was putting one of those types of games together, that it just was pictures of people hitting bongs or whatever it is that they're afraid of, then at that point, they could bar monetization. At that point, they could bar uh, ads on Facebook and things like that. But clearly, they're overwhelmed. Clearly, they have too many entries onto their various sites. Uh, and so they go with these kind of mechanistic, draconian approaches to the enforcement of their rules. And unfortunately, this is one of those cases where even though we see the public opinion shifting fairly rapidly in respect of drug use and in respect of marijuana use in particular, this is still an instance where the PepsiCo's of the world, the uh, laundry detergent companies of the world, want to make sure that their ads aren't being shown next to anything that is even remotely problematic, if they can, if they can do it to the best of their ability. Uh, and so I think YouTube sees these kinds of things and says, oh yeah, no, that's demonetized and that's just going to be the way it is. But it does have this downward pressure effect on the video game industry and on the types of games that can be released. And it's a, it's a downward pressure effect that I'm not happy with. Uh, and that's coming from someone that may or may not wind up buying this game, isn't a drug user, doesn't particularly want to advocate or promote drug use but still sees the value in the free expression of ideas and having different games appeal to different bodies, different groups. Uh, I want to see the video game industry thrive and move into and branch into all these different areas and topics and discussion items so that you can have these good discussions, so that you can discuss the merits of a video game and not whether it should be advertised or even seen at all. Uh, and so that's where I'm coming from on this. And this article goes on further to kind of discuss Venture Beats and Games Beats, and in particular, Jeff Grubb's own opinions on the matter. I will link it in the description. I highly recommend checking it out uh, because he does have his own opinions as uh, how this should be handled, uh, but certainly comes out in a similar vein to myself, which is to say that this isn't a good thing to be happening from YouTube or from Facebook. Now, with that all being said, as I like to say in these videos and on this podcast, it's always good to look at the primary source material. It's always good to analyze those situations for yourself, to see what they're doing, how they're doing it, and to also try to identify the, the problems that can happen. Uh, when you set a precedent, uh, you don't necessarily have to follow it if you're a company. You're not a court of law. You're not a legislator. You don't have to follow exactly the same thing that you did the last time when the next thing comes up. But some people are going to hold you to that. And so it's always better to try to anticipate what problems can develop from the various decisions that you're making. So on that end, let's take a look at what the Facebook advertising policies are. And they have a very specific one. They say, ads must not promote the sale or use of illegal prescription or recreational drugs. Okay. So that's what they're saying is being violated here. They are saying... If you're trying to advertise Weedcraft, we have identified Weedcraft as a product that promotes uh, 
the sale of illegal drugs. And certainly on its face, the topic of weedcraft is about creating a marijuana facility, is about increasing the size of that marijuana facility and selling it to more and more people. And so if you feel like the topic matter of a video game or of a movie or of a book promotes whatever the topic matter is being discussed, then I can see the logic in saying that it should be uh, uh, not advertised on Facebook under this rule number five that we're looking at, drugs and drug-related products. However, I think it's something that needs to be uh, very cautiously considered, especially the notion of promotion, uh, because I think down that way, madness is uh, at the end. Because if you consider what we just said, we have to start considering everything that might be otherwise promoted just by the topic of the pop culture item, of the media item that we're considering. So does Sekiro promote samurai sword killing? Does Grand Theft Auto promote Grand Theft or heists of banks or carjackings? Does, are, are those things promoted by the fact that they exist in the video game? Uh, does the movie Casino uh, promote embezzlement, promote gang wars, promote uh, illegal gambling activities and legal gambling activities. It's a uh, heck of a movie. Same with Goodfellas or anything else that you can think of that kind of involves illegal activity. Does The Godfather promote becoming a mafia don? These are all things that are, I think, wildly understood to be good stories that take place in an illegal environment, that they aren't promoting becoming a mafia don. They're about being a mafia don. And that's a distinction that I think is just still not quite there yet in what is still the very young video gaming industry. I think there's still a bifurcation, even in these tech giants that should know better because they're young and they're hip and they should be on the digital kind of vanguard of what's new and what's hip and what's being uh, put in front of people's eyeballs in terms of their pop culture experiences. And I think there's an understanding that movies and books can be about very many different things that doesn't mean that they are promoting them and video games are still distinct. Now, I think the counter argument there is that video games are uniquely interactive and so there is a kind of promotional element by the fact that you actually have to undertake the things, that you actually have to increase the sales of marijuana, you actually have to make the business work better and that could be considered a kind of promotion, but I don't see from Facebook or YouTube them making that kind of very distinct argument. Uh, and it's one I think that could be easily shut down by the notion of the fact that I've played any number of games in which I've murdered any number of people and I've done any number of bad things. And not once have I felt that those bad things that I did in a video game at all promoted uh, or otherwise encouraged me to undertake those bad things in real life. I think that's a very narrow view of what video games are. And it's certainly not a view that's applied to kind of more widely accepted forms of, of pop culture, forms of media. Certainly not TV, certainly not movies. Nobody's out there thinking that they should act like any of the characters on Game of Thrones, certainly, or they should act like any of the characters on Mad Men, frankly. And that's at least ostensibly a story that took place in the real world. Uh, and so I think when we use the word promote, we should not immediately just solely give in to these companies saying, well, a topic that's in a piece of media promotes whatever that media is about. Because right now, as far as I can tell, they're really only applying it to video games. And until we get a good logical distinction between video games and movies and books and television shows, and I don't think one exists, I don't think we should just let Facebook and YouTube and Twitch or whoever walk 
on this type of logic. They use the word promote to be an umbrella word. That's why it appears in their legal terms and conditions. It's useful because it can be so broad, but we shouldn't let them walk on it. We shouldn't let them just use promote uh, in the way that they do. And to really kind of highlight that issue, I want to take a look at number seven on their prohibited content, which is ads must not promote the sale or use of weapons, ammunition, or explosives. So there we go. That's the exact same type of language that they used on drugs, which says ads must not promote the sale or use of illegal prescription or recreational drugs. But what do we know about video games? Very often, it's very difficult to name any specific video game that doesn't use a weapon of some kind. Even Minecraft's pickaxe could be considered a weapon. Certainly, it uses explosives. So really, most video games that are out there in the world, with maybe the exception of something like The Witness, involves weapons, ammunition, or explosives. And because those games involve weapons, ammunition, or explosives, by the logic that they are using to prohibit advertisements for a game like Weedcraft, you could say they should prohibit advertisements for virtually every single video game in existence because weapons, ammunition, and explosives are contained therein. Certainly something that is really focused on weapons, like Enter the Gungeon, or something that has guns in the title, should be prohibited because it promotes the use of weapons, ammunition, or explosives. Obviously, I'm using that as a kind of reductio ad absurdum, the end of the line for what their logic would dictate. And obviously, I'm trying to expose that it is silly logic, that it is logic that should not be applied to weedcraft or anything else that touches on activities that could be considered illegal and that are often legal in various jurisdictions, as Venture Beat and Games Beat points out. But it's always important to hold feet to the fire when you're talking about terms and conditions, when you're talking about corporate action that seems arbitrary and capricious because you want to try to take them to the natural endpoint for if they go down this road. They don't want to lose ads for every video game ever made. Can you imagine if Call of Duty couldn't advertise on uh, Facebook or if uh, every video on it was demonetized on YouTube? That would not be a good thing at all. And Activision would certainly bring their weight to bear against these companies and in a fashion that maybe Devolver Digital or these other companies that are smaller and are independent can't do. And so I think it's always important to not just fight for the big guys that often have lawyers and often have CEOs and CFOs that can fight for themselves, but also to discuss these things when they hit the, the little guys, these smaller businesses, these smaller video games, because very often that's where a lot of the growth, that's where a lot of the evolution in the industry is coming from. And they don't necessarily have the lawyers, they don't necessarily have the infrastructure or the resources to fight these kinds of things or to make a big enough stink. Frankly, I was very happy to see this kind of article covered in Venture Beat and Games Beat. Uh, and, and I think there's another article in Ars Technica that I saw go up just before I started this video because it's important to show, to highlight, to spotlight these issues as they happen. And you can go through this whole list. I will link these policies as well in the description of this video. But they use the word promote as this umbrella term for a whole mess of things that could apply in very specific instances to a whole lot of video games and certainly a whole lot of movies and television shows. Can you imagine if the Game of Thrones folks, because they involve weapons, uh, had to come off advertisements for Facebooks? Because swords are weapons and you don't want to promote the use of swords. And what could be more promoting of a, the use of swords than the Battle of the Bastards and seeing Jon Snow face down a hundred or a thousand horsemen? That's promoting the use of swords. That looked damn cool. So... Should ads for Game of Thrones be allowed? This is the kind of logic that we're fighting against, and I think it's an important fight to have. Let's take a look at Google's policies. So 
So here we have YouTube's advertiser-friendly content guidelines. And as a YouTube creator myself, I have looked at these. I have seen these. They're fairly standard in approach. They're basically saying, don't do anything to make us look bad. But again, we see language that is very similar in nature. So what they highlighted for uh, Jeff Grubb in his interview to, to talk about Weedcraft and what was happening here was the notion that video content that promotes or features the sale, use, or abuse of illegal drugs, regulated drugs or substances, or other dangerous products is not suitable for advertising. Videos discussing drugs or dangerous substances for educational, documentary, and artistic purposes are generally suitable for advertising so long as drug use or substance abuse is not graphic or glorified. So I'm looking at this as a layman and not necessarily as a lawyer because this isn't terribly legal easy language. And you, you read this paragraph and you think about it and you get at, okay, they're basically okay with documentaries about the evils of drug use and about trying to save people from drug use, but they don't want things that otherwise feature the sale of illegal drugs. That's really what we are focused on here. Or also re regulated drugs. Those are pretty much the same for our purposes. So I, I wrongly called out earlier in this video that I think Jeff Grubb focused on the nature of features and he was right to do so because promotes really isn't necessarily happening here, but features is. So we see now a distinction between what Facebook is doing when they only talk about promotion and what YouTube is doing, which just says features. Video content that features the sale, use, or abuse of illegal drugs uh, is not necessarily suitable for advertising. Okay, well, that's interesting uh, because the other categories that we see here are, based, are generally focused on promotion. We see video content that promotes harmful or dangerous acts that result in serious physical, emotional, or psychological in injury is not suitable for advertising. And video content that promotes discrimination of various kinds is not suitable for advertising. But we don't see that same distinction of features. So one of the things you could say is that YouTube is arguably better in terms of not trapping itself in a similar way that Facebook does, but we could also say they're hypocritical insofar as they say, well, if video content features harmful or dangerous acts that result in serious physical, emotional, or psychological injury, maybe that's okay. Maybe we can advertise around that. Maybe Grand Theft Auto is fine. Maybe Sekiro kills are fine. Or video content that features discrimination or disparages or humiliates an individual or group. Maybe that's fine for advertising as long as you're not promoting it. You're just showing it. Uh, and so the distinction there is interesting just as an American about what YouTube cares about, that they actually go so far as to say it doesn't matter if you're promoting the sale or use of illegal drugs. It just matters if use of, or sale of drugs is at all included or referenced in your product. That is in and of itself enough to get uh, you not covered. So... That's interesting in and of itself because illegal drugs, regulated drugs, substances, or other dangerous products, well, that includes what we just talked about on the Facebook level. What's more dangerous than a sword? What's more dangerous than an Uzi or a gun or a revolver? What's more dangerous than scissors held the wrong way or a samurai blade coming off a roof in Sekiro at your head? And so you can do the same thing that we just did with Facebook when talking about what's actually happening here. When you say dangerous products, that can include a whole number of things. And you can see here, just as we've talked about in previous episodes of virtual legality, that the corporation has availed itself of very broad legal language, not necessarily because it wants to use it, but because it wants to have the right to use it, should it deem it desirable. And in this particular case, They've effectively named Weedcraft Persona Non Grata, an, an entity or a product that they just don't want to have on their service. And so they have fallen back on this to say, hey, you've got the use of illegal drugs. You've got the sale of illegal drugs. It is featured in your game. Your game's called Weedcraft, for God's sakes. And so 
it's not suitable for advertising. But essentially, it's just an option that they've decided to wield. It's just an option that they've decided to hold because they themselves have determined that it's unacceptable. And I think VentureBeat and GamesBeat and Jeff Grubb and the others that are reporting on this are right to hold YouTube's feet to the fire because, frankly, we don't want YouTube to be deciding what's acceptable for anybody to discuss. Certainly, if they've got contracts, if they've got relationships with their advertisers and they have expressed a specific desire to avoid a specific kind of advertising that is related to something like Weedcraft, then I am understanding. I am sympathetic to that kind of contractual relationship and the algorithms that need to be put in place. But outside of that specific kind of reference point, I don't want YouTube to be deciding who's making money on what for things that are not illegal in and of themselves. This isn't a snuff film in which you're just watching people smoke bongs. This isn't something where you're actually watching somebody commit a crime. And as we talked about when we were discussing the article in the first place, it's entirely possible that a video game of this type called Weedcraft could be a satire, could be a political commentary on the nature of the current regulatory regimes across the United States, federal and state and local. And so when we talk about the exception that they give for artistic purposes, it's very difficult to see how a video game in and of itself doesn't fall under artistic purposes. What is a video game if it's not artistic? Uh, you certainly got art. You certainly got cartoon drawings. You've certainly got interfaces and menus and other things that are not just as they describe in the Facebook advertising policies. Don't put a picture of a guy smoking a bong. Don't put a picture of various drug-related paraphernalia. That's fine. These are absolutely artistic works and designed in some respect to convey some kind of meaning. Uh, and whether or not that just lives in gameplay, I don't want to be YouTube to be the one deciding on whether or not it's acceptable for me to see. Now, all that being said, as we've talked about, these companies do have the right to do these kinds of things. They have the right to set the terms and conditions. They are, they are always interacting with advertisers and big companies that do become squeamish for reasons that are sometimes good and sometimes bad. When we talk about corporations, there's all different kinds and they're run in all different kinds of ways. And some have different levels of risk acceptability and some have different levels that say risk is absolutely not acceptable and they don't want to be anywhere near X, Y, or Z. And so I am sympathetic to YouTube's plight. I'm sympathetic to the corporations that just want to advertise next to happy toy unboxings or what have you and don't even want to accidentally get sucked into the whirlpool of even potentially more controversial fare. I'm sympathetic to everybody in this story, but I'm also sympathetic to the makers of Weedcraft and to the next three companies that are making something that is even mildly provocative. Because you look at this story and you say, oh my God, look what's happening to Weedcraft What's going to happen when we try to put our game about opioid addiction or our game about uh, serious mental uh, illness issues and how they're treated in the current uh, regulatory regime or healthcare for all or whatever it is that you want to discuss? And that video game could potentially just be essentially blackballed by all the tech sites at once. And this really is going to have a depressive effect, not only on Weedcraft, but on the next three or four or five or 50 games that come out that are at all remotely controversial. And unless we all want to just have the most vanilla, most blank slate, most non-controversial, bland video games and pop culture and media environment imaginable, we shouldn't be in favor of these companies getting out in front and saying nobody should see X or that nobody should make money off of Y because we are moving into the age of the influencer. And this is something that really is very important for modern marketing of these smaller video games, of smaller movies and books and television shows. 
and we should be defending their ability to do that, even if just we criticize them, even if we just say, hey, YouTube, don't do that. Um, that's that's an important voice. That's an important step to take. And it's certainly one I think uh, is, is valuable here. Uh, the last couple things I wanted to do here is I just wanted to take a look and show you the latest games on Steam when we talk about the issues with Facebook, when we talk about the issues with YouTube. You can see here from this list of Steam games how many games involve or tangentially involve things that either involve dangerous products in respect of YouTube, involve weapons and ammunition and guns uh, in respect of Facebook, and all manner of other potential violations that YouTube and Facebook are deciding to turn a blind eye to because Weedcraft jumps out at them as something that they should stop. And so you've got games up here like Pathway, which is about going... Uh, to South America and annihilating people in order to adventure across the landscape. You've got Corpse Party, which describes itself as having gore, violence, sexual content, and adventure. You've got Phoenix Race, Right Ace Attorney, which I highly recommend to everyone, uh, but that certainly in its stories conveys a lot of illegal activities. Frankly, you're always defending someone who's accused of an illegal activity, often murder. And so whether or not you think that's promoting murder or not is really a matter of what you think about the topics of video games that are being discussed and whether they're promoted in that avenue. Certainly it promotes a lot of bad legal activity, uh, but that's a video for another time. If you're looking forward to a video about where I discuss the uh, legal problems with the way Phoenix Wright handles some of its cases, uh, let me know. Uh, that could potentially be a video that could be kind of fun to do. Uh, but for now, that's not what we're covering. We've got Mars Tactical Base Defense. We've got... Uh, Tropico 6, Outward, Sekiro, lots of games that involve violence or that involve violence against uh, your, your neighbor, uh, and only a couple that don't. You know, Out of the Park Baseball is probably okay. Baba is You, also fantastic, although it does involve uh, the annihilation of uh, things like stars and uh, bells. Um, but one of the things I really wanted to focus on was Tropico 6. You look here and you see Tropico 6. Tropico is a very long-running series. It's done in a tongue-in-cheek style. If you're not familiar with the series, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's another management-type game. In this case, it's a city builder-type manager. Uh, and in this game, you're essentially the dictator of a small Caribbean island, and you can do all sorts of things. You can tell people uh, to, uh, to uh, die, essentially. You can send assassins after political opponents. You can take over the mechanisms of state and steal... Uh, landmarks from other countries. You can do all sorts of bad things that are not just illegal uh, on kind of your own state scale, but also illegal on an international and global scale. You can do all sorts of bad stuff. It's done tongue-in-cheek. It's done as a comedy. But my understanding of Weedcraft is that it has a similar kind of tongue-in-cheek style, that there is this kind of humor and writing in that game as well. So I don't think that's a distinction. And I think it's worthwhile to note that as far as I'm aware, Tropico 6 has not had any of the same problems that Weedcraft has had. Some of that is because it's a long-running series. Some of that is because it's from a bigger publisher. But some of that is just because it's not called Dictator Assassination Simulator, because that'll raise eyebrows. And certainly in the future, I think one thing that'll happen, if nothing else, uh, is that you'll probably have less provocative titles uh, involved in video games. Uh, certainly, Weedcraft Inc. could just as easily be called The Green Project and probably sneak through some filters that way. It could certainly uh, get past the kind of automatic filters that are in the Facebook and YouTube algorithms. And I think at bare minimum, you'll start to see movement towards that because you just don't want to highlight this issue for these folks that aren't necessarily looking at something manually. But the point of looking at this list was really to point out there are so, so many games that could be considered promoting whatever is their topic content if that's how you want to read video games. And if that is how you wind up reading video games, that would be a problem for the Facebooks and the YouTubes of the world. 
and I think it's worth pointing out. Finally, I wanted to just show the Twitch terms and conditions. This isn't a part of any of the articles that I've seen. I don't know what's currently happening on Twitch with respect to Weedcraft, but I wanted to highlight this that says, any content or activity featuring, encouraging, offering, or soliciting illegal activity is prohibited. And so if Twitch decided to kind of follow Facebook's lead, follow YouTube's lead in how it is determining what Weedcraft is doing, if, if they determine that Weedcraft is encouraging illegal activity, then the mere streaming action of streaming Weedcraft would be deemed prohibited. But look at the breadth, look at the umbrella stance, look at the ability of Twitch to kind of decide what it wants to do on this. They could decide it's encouraging illegal activity and just prohibit it, it prohibit its streaming. Or they could decide it doesn't and allow it streaming. It's entirely up to them. Uh, and that's the nature of terms and conditions. I get a lot of comments on my Twitter feed and on my social media, at Law if you want to follow me, that asks various questions from time to time. And I always have to tell people that they're not my clients and I'm not giving official legal advice, but that for the most part, when we talk about, oh, could X sue Y, or is there a legal problem with these terms and conditions? For the most part, the answer is no. Terms and conditions are pretty broad contract language. And for the most part, if you're using Twitch, if you're putting content up on a service like Twitch, you are uh, there at their largesse. You're there essentially as long as they want to have you there, but there's going to be a reason that they could kick you off if they decided to do so. Uh, and in the case of something like Weedcraft, they could decide tomorrow that it's not going to be allowed to be streamed on their service because they have deemed it to be encouraging illegal activity. Uh, and that is broad strokes uh, within their ability to do so, although Twitch, even more than Facebook, even more than YouTube, would have a bigger problem when we start talking about a video game's topic, a video game's content material, encouraging whatever it's about, uh, because that obviously cuts to the core of a lot of video games, and it cuts to the core of some of their biggest streaming video games, like Grand Theft Auto Online, uh, in which you know you murder people for money uh, and things of that nature, which are obviously illegal in the real world. So it's certainly something that Twitch is going to have to grapple with. My hope would be that they won't do anything to ban or otherwise burden Weedcraft. But as you can see from just this video, obviously the partners of Twitch, and Twitch is obviously owned by Amazon, the partners of Twitch, the other tech giants, have decided to make an example of or otherwise stop Weedcraft dead in its tracks. Uh, and I certainly think that's a news item worth discussing, as I've done on this video and podcast, because these kinds of things are going to become even more important, not just in 2019, but also in 2020, also in 2021 and onward, because frankly, the legacy, the legacy media, the legacy advertising opportunities are becoming less and less important in the face of the rising importance of influencers, the rising importance of streams, the rising importance of people doing video profiles, of video games, of, of talking about them, doing editorials, uh, and certainly... Though I think this video is very likely to be demonetized, uh, I felt it was important enough to discuss, to bring to your attention what's happening with this game, that uh, I wanted to make this video, I wanted to make this podcast, uh, because it is such an area of interest, and it's going to become ever more so uh, as we move into the future. So that's been today's virtual legality. If you like this video, please do like it. Please subscribe to my channel. I talk about these things on the Hogue Law channel very regularly whether it's business, whether it's law, whether it's video games or other pop culture items. I love talking about these things. Please share it wherever you go. I can't get to everywhere on the internet. So if you've got a spot you like, NeoGAF Reset Era, Reddit, otherwise that you think would be interested in a video like this, please do share it. I get great engagement from people that have never seen the channel and want to tell me how wrong I am. I love that. 
Uh, but if you want to tell me how wrong I am or how right I am, please do leave a comment. I love to engage uh, with everybody that sees these videos. And if you're on a podcast service, put a review up there. Every little bit helps. We're growing pretty quickly, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, but I'd love to uh, talk to more of you because I think everybody's got some really important ideas about where the industry should go and some real passion there. And I love having those discussions. So I will catch you on the very next Virtual Legality. Thank you so much for watching or for listening if you listen to it on a podcast. Thanks again. <laughs>